0: Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, It's time for Cofield and Company's legal insider, Justin Watkins,
1: on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Into the 4 o'clock hour. Cofield and Company, Justin Watkins in studio as we'll uh, get into a myriad of uh, legal issues and also... Lots of Pac-12 talk, this has been a uh, magical start to the Pac-12, sorry Reno, uh, Nevada fell victim to USC, that was not good, 66-14, but I do have to mention something, we were just talking about our Broadcaster Bites podcast that we do uh, after UNLV football road trips, we usually report on uh, how we did from a food standpoint, a drink standpoint, dive bar standpoint, and we kind of put together a pro football focus like rating for a different food and drink, and the guys who were on the road, uh, in this case, uh, Nick, who's the engineer, and Caleb, always like to try wings in different cities. I don't know if you're a wing guy. I am. But right now, with all the road trips we've made, and it's only been a couple of years now that this crew's been together, um, they still have Reno's Lucky Beaver on. Lucky Beaver's so good. Yep. Their, their burgers are so good, too, man. Yep. Holy smokes, their burgers are good. So I don't know if Lucky Beaver advertises with uh, ESPN Reno, but start, because we'll talk about you a lot. Um, 100%. It's good, right? And uh, I stop there and, every time I go up. And a high-end steak place, like this, the steaks there are not fourteen bucks. Like yeah. they're they're sitting there. They got the the freaking rotating flame grill. Uh, last time I wussed out and didn't get a steak, but uh, I think I'm getting one next trip up to uh, Reno. I I love that.
0: place. I like the ambiance of that place too. Yeah. You know, it's not super high brow in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable if, if you're eating wings and all that. But it's not dive bar-y either. No. It's it's a little bit better than that. And and yeah, like the burger I had there was one of the best burgers I ever had.
1: Well, You probably have a chance to stop there more often than I do because yeah. you have the offices up there. So. Well,
0: and it's on the, you know, if what times I have to go down to Carson City, you know, if I'm up flying up around lunchtime, stop in Lucky Beaver, then go down there.
1: There you go. DeMond's in studio with us, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. This hour is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766 1400. Make sure you dial 775 in the north. All right, let's do a big four.
0: Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents. The Big Four at four.
1: Number four. There's a ton of NIL, you know, college-related stories today. I didn't put them all in our list because I think some others need some developing. But there's some big things coming, and this is something you predicted. There were going to, you know, there's going to be legal uh, hurdles to cross, and people are going to file lawsuits, and there's going to be arguments. I thought this one was weird. Uh, Fiona Crawley, who's a tennis player from uh, UNC North Carolina. Did well at the U.S. Open, earned eighty-one thousand dollars. She forfeited the money. I don't know how much you know about the story, yeah. but why did she have to forfeit the money and eligibility issue here? Why? Why wouldn't that fall under something like NIL?
0: Yeah. Well, so NA- NIL's name, image, likeness. It's advertising. It is the recognition that you own your name and your likeness and your image, your uh, the way you present yourself out to the world. That the colleges cannot own that, but. They certainly can pre- prevent rules for being paid to play, and so any sort of prize money that would exist uh, as a result of performing um, in whatever sport that you're in, if it's outside of an NCAA-sanctioned event like the U.S. Open, or you know, golfers do it all the time. They play as amateurs in the uh, in all the majors, and they get they could get prize money. I mean, they are in the money. But they, they cannot collect it, they cannot keep it, because it violates the NCAA's rules, which have been tested in court and upheld. The Supreme Court specifically has upheld the denial of prize money is appropriate for the NCAA to, to ban. But NIL money is not. That, that's ultimately where the Supreme Court has drawn the line.
1: The player was complaining and tried to kinda of bring in N. I. L and it's like, yeah, it does doesn't really fall under the same heading. So I hope I hope she I hope now that she's she's got a you know, eighty one thousand dollar prize that she had to turn down that North Carolina can get him some I don't mean, she might already have a
0: bunch, but can get her some more NIL money. Well yeah, that's that's the part about it is, hey, because you know, she was kinda crapping all over the football players who get to collect all this NIL money and everybody else. But the reality is, is the, the highest paid NIL money is not going to football players, going to a gymnast. Right. And so what the football players and the basketball players specifically at O'Bannon have done for the next generation of, of players is yeah, you can't collect the 81000 but the TV time that you got and the recognition you got for playing in the U.S. Open, you can now capitalize and monetize in an NIL deal. So it's really not something you should be complaining about, although maybe she's doing it just to get get more attention to her name. If so, she's playing some 3D chess, good for her. Uh, maybe she gets some people out there who, who want to support her through NILs.
1: Number three. A personal issue. If I want to tell someone I'm going to go out to my car, grab a gun, and shoot them. Am I clear if I don't shoot them? You're clear. I am. Oh, okay. There has to be
0: an immediacy to the threat. Okay, I got this
1: from Antonio Brown, so uh, I didn't get it. I wasn't talking to him. But there's a claim from uh, Dwayne Hollis, Darius Prince, with this... arena league albany empire team that those guys were talking to antonio brown he mentioned something to someone else hey do i have the ar in the car uh go get it he was actually going to have someone else go and get it and then these guys are like well, you just threatened us. like what the hell is going on here so i'm sorry cut you off.
0: yeah no that's right i mean it gives context to it so uh, there has to be an immediacy to a threat in order for it to be counted as assault or to be actionable so the the actually the supreme court is kind of Some law school stuff that you learn along the way is hey, if there requires certain steps to be taken in order for the threat to materialize, then it's not a threat, it's not an actionable threat. So, you know, hey. This is specific. We actually talked about this before. Hey, let's meet in Temecula in between. I don't even remember who the two players were.
1: No, it wasn't players. It was two guys arguing over Kobe
0: Bryant. Okay, yeah, right. Southern California tweeters. That's right, and they're going to meet in Temecula, right? Did I have that right? So they were going to meet in Temecula, and they were going to fight it out. Well, there was no immediacy to either of those threats. It required them to drive a long distance to meet and then to be in the same place. At that point, the threats that would be made are actionable but up until that point there's no immediacy to the threat so the i'm going to go already you, you've you've lost the the sort of legal ramifications associated with it
2: but if i let's say if he does come back gun or no gun but i have my gun and i pointed at him because he said he was coming back with a gun, am I in the clear?
0: No, you are not. In the oh. clear. Now, now you violate. Now you, you have can't become respond to a threat with another threat. It's not a threat, a direct no. threat. It's not a threat. But it's he comes back. Threat.
2: He said he. he uh, I'm all okay. intention of thing. he's intending to do something. You, yeah. you be proactive
0: scared. in these situations. Yeah. So what you got to say in that really situation not. is, if you go, then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take the gun that I have on me right now, and I'm gonna pull that out. So you have these competings. I'm gonna take the next step. Doesn't this kind of go back to some of this?
1: Because uh, the other thing I wanted, I wanted to ask about, um, you know, if you're in a car and you yell out the window, hey, uh, someone wants to get shot, and then you just point to, like, a long rifle on the dashboard, right? Like, are you in trouble there? I think uh, but so. But I also want to point back to the Damon Arnett thing because I never really got a clear story of what happened at Park MGM. Like, did he show a gun and that was the threat? Did he have the gun on? They, they cause It got confusing there. He got off.
0: Yep. Slap on the wrist. Right absolutely like you are if you are armed and then threatening somebody that now you've got a problem yeah. like what I would advise in Demont's situation is I wouldn't do that because yeah. I'm protecting myself and I you know I'm armed like now you haven't threatened anybody other than to say I'm fully capable of defending myself. Yeah. Right, that's the that's. I mean, I know these aren't how these conversations go when Antonio Brown's yelling at somebody. And I'm sure you know trying to have a, a a sort of legal dialect like that is never going to happen. But the reality is, is if you are armed and you show it, in addition to your words, it absolutely can be an actionable threat. I'm
1: going to make a prediction because uh, I think at some point um, it might cost him badly when he does this, but. I think at some point uh, in the next 10 years, every year, he will have some sort of allegation or lawsuit that he's dealing with every year for Uh-oh. 10 years. Because here's the other thing on Antonio Brown. He's constantly dealing with claims that he doesn't pay. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, at this point, like I have like some sympathy for this guy. He's clearly messed up. Like, really messed up and, 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 mentally. Um, and very likely, as a result of playing football, it seems to be pretty drastic changes that occurred in his career um, towards the latter half. I feel for the guy, you know, like he's, he's been damaged. He's been br- literally he's been brain damaged yeah. as a result of this. He, um, and he's, he's at, he
1: can't control himself. He had, he had some issues even in college. Like when he was trying to get into school, there was a certain Big Ten school that uh was going to take him, and they were like, "Yeah, this is not going to work." And that's why I think he landed at Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, had a good career, and then turned into a great NFL player. But he's dealing with a lot. Number two,
0: number two. All right, more
1: on NIL. NIL um, headline: latest NIL legislation draft threatens collectives with perjury. What? And calls for a tip line. What is this all about?
0: Yeah, so the, the federal government is drafting legislation, so we're, we're very far away from actually having passable legislation, but there are two different Congress people who are working on this together. They have gotten, they according to them, up to 40 different people participating in red lines to come up with what their draft currently is. I don't like the sound of that because that sounds like we are working towards some bipartisanship on this and I don't like what the language is. Uh, and basically what they do is they make um, NIL uh, collectives a report to the federal government into a database who all their donors are, who they're giving money to, uh, who they're engaging with and that they must sign uh, an affidavit at the end of each reporting period. That swears that they didn't use any of their um, influence they didn't use any of those uh, transactions for the intent of inducing somebody to arrive at the school. Basically, what the legislation is all about is you can't engage any athlete until 60 days after they enroll, um, and agents can't talk to anybody until I think it's 45 days after they enroll, and and, and maybe in the season begins or some some other deadline along that way. Um, the whole point is to stop people from transferring schools because they've already been engaged and they know what they're getting. Um, it's to make it so that they choose so. the school based on the school and then the collective comes in later and is like, oh, you're great, so we, sh- we should engage with you, which is it, – it's silly because yep. you, you, you absolutely know it's going to happen. It's going to happen through a bunch of Im- intermediaries, and those inter- intermediaries aren't going to have any obligation to report. To the federal government, so they're all it's just going to turn into a, a very nasty AAU type situation again, where you got all these straw men doing all this, this work. Number one,
1: do we like Sean Payton or not? I guess a lot of this might be decided upon finding out results. Sean Payton, again, trying to be a tough guy around his Broncos team, you know, the first thing was to throw. Nate Hackett, the former coach, under the bus, talking about Russell Wilson and his public image. Sean Payton said, will you effing stop kissing all the babies? You're not running for public office. So he wants Wilson
0: to stop worrying so much about his public image. Do we like this? I like it. Well, and I got to say, you know, I've been I've been watching Hard Knocks. I've been watching your team. I've been following along. Hackett's a weird dude. He's a really uh, weird dude. The more I watch, I, he's not a head coach. No, he's
1: he's childish. He is childish. Like there's and that's like the problem. There's something weird about him. Yeah, which like, as a coordinator, if you produce results as an OC, but not only he was jumping to head coach, and he was going to run, and he did for a while, uh, a unit. Which dude, that that's way too much. Especially if you're that goofy. How do you command
0: respect? It's 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 something more than just goofy, man. He's like there's something. There's an immaturity There's about immaturity. about the way it's like he engages, it's like a prat, bro. yeah. Yeah. If I had heard about Goldmember one more time, I'm like enough. Okay. That, and that's not even all of it either. Just like how he talks to the other players too is just it's it's odd, man. And like I know Rogers backs him up and he's got his back, but like I watch that and I'm like, that's a weird dude that I would not want in in my organization.
1: Justin Watkins in studio, uh, like he is every Wednesday, either here or at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. 766-1400 is the number to call Justin or Matt Hoffman. And by the way, I uh, noticed the faces are up on the billboards, which was never your thing. It's been a while, but um, I'm not going to mention the other attorney who is very much into his looks, but I saw uh, some billboards up here around Vegas. It was basically a showdown. I looked, I'm like, who is more handsome?
0: Matt Matt Hoffman, Matt Hoffman or oh, the other guy Matt Hoffman takes the cake. It was uh, it was a pretty good run. Yeah, it was a pretty good contest. I mean, I'm just going for the best beard in the law profession. It is a good beard. Um, I mean, I,
1: I almost pulled. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's very dangerous. By the way, don't do this. Um, you know, how people are stopping at night to yeah. look at the sphere. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't stop. Yes, in the middle of the road. I I think I was on di or something. I just stopped in the middle lane. I just looked out. I was like, wow, this is a good competition. <laughs> Two right handsome in the, guys. Right in the middle. I think you're getting some business off that.
0: Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, Matt's got the face for the billboard and face for TV. Yes. And I got, got the face fa- for radio. There you go. I was waiting for you to do it.
1: I've been told that many times. Um, by people who are my friends, which uh, I, I'll, I'll get that person back. Uh, anyway, um, speaking of uh, lookers, what is going on with uh, Elon Musk as he just lives a life of trolling? Is there real defamation here? He came up with some claim that the... Anti-defamation league is defaming him.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's threatened lawsuits it's like it's a and, and <laughs> only to stop it. But here's the thing. Like, does he have a claim? I don't believe he has a claim. Okay. Does that mean he's not going to sue? Of course. That doesn't mean he's not going to sue. They've sued other, you know, uh, nonprofits and other, you know, social justice organizations in the past who they feel like have hurt their business by pressuring advertisers to no longer support that platform. Um, he won't win, but what does he care? Like, legal fees are not a thing. He doesn't, he's got yeah. endless legal fees. There's They're no, just, um, we've talked about that
1: slap stuff that, uh,
0: 100% there is. There's, there's, so he can still have to slap. pay out and he's just like, ah, whatever. Yeah, it's positive change. Care. Right. Right. It's, it's more about trying to pressure these people, make them feel the, the pain in their pocketbook. Um, so I think there's no chance he would win here. I haven't seen anything that rises anywhere close to a level of a defamatory statement. Um, you know, to claim that anti-Semitism is running rampant on Twitter or X and is um, prevalent and not being filtered out is I I think at this point, I mean, I'm no expert on it, but I think that they, they certainly feel like that's a factual statement that it's true. And as we know, truth is an absolute defense, but even if it's not a defense anti-slap is right. Like the, the right to comment publicly about matters of public importance, um does have some protections. Damon, you had a story about Twitter or X or Z now with back pay
1: with former employees? Yeah, there was also a story where people got laid off. A lot of people got laid off from
2: Twitter when he just decided to take over and now make it X. But um the 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 claims are from these people that he hasn't ponied up 500 million what? in severance pay to employees who were laid off. Whew. I don't know how they go about getting that money. That's why I brought it up. How do you go about getting back pay from a job?
0: Oh, well, I mean, that's what your 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 local government's there for. Um, you know, you can make um, wage claims. Um, you know, here it's Dieter. You make a wage claim. Um, you know what's crazy? Is you give that number and everybody's going to be shocked by that number. Um, I think it was Stephen Colbert did an excellent story about how wage theft is the most prevalent you know, crime that's occurring out there that never gets charged. Huh. Um, that, you know, a company can uh, can sue and, and press charges against an employee that, you know, steals $5 from the till, but they can steal hundreds of dollars from that person and wage theft saying, oh, we don't owe you wages because you came in late or just make up stuff. And there's no criminality to it. You have to go huh. through your local and state boards to get that money back you might ultimately get it back but there's no civil penalty disincentive from participating in that kind of thing other than a bad reputation but people like Elon Musk doesn't care you know like people frankly you you can think all you want about politics but Trump made that cool to not people pay people for the stuff that you own he doesn't pay anybody and he got off the hook for it Justin Watkins ESPN Reno,
1: ESPN Las Vegas. He's our legal insider here on Wednesdays. 766-1400 is the number to call Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Headline, Favre's attorneys mount challenge over text messages in welfare funds lawsuit. Subhead, attorneys for Favre claim in latest filing and civil case that their client can't authenticate text messages. Wait. They have text messages from Favre that were made public in Mississippi in that uh, welfare case. He has to authenticate
0: it. What, guys? <sighs> so this is this is you, like really. Where do you get the text messages from? Really phone wonky, company. Yeah, this is really wonky law, and so I'll try not really? to bore the listeners. Okay. But here's the thing: when you go to trial and you're presenting evidence, somebody must authenticate the evidence, meaning that it is real, it's true, it's correct, it's. It actually occurred. So what you see um, you know, in TV and on CSI and all of that, where they, they're talking about chain of custody, that's all about authentication. We handled this to, we, hand, we found this at the scene. You have the cop. I found this at the scene. I took that photo. I then bagged it and put it into this bag, and then I handed it over here. Here's the transmittal of that. That person handed it on down, blah, blah, blah. They talk about the whole chain of custody so that they can get that evidence in as authentic, okay? now in a civil suit uh, like this or any sort of criminal suit it doesn't change all evidence must be authentic so how do you authenticate text messages well you authenticate it a couple different ways number one if they got it from a subpoena from the phone company the phone company can say yes this is what we pulled in response to that subpoena that's probably not how they got these text messages okay because of the most phone companies do not keep that kind of data they will not give you the actual text message they can give you a transmission log a text was sent at this time a text was received by right. so-and-so at this time but not the actual body of the text number two by one uh, or both of the parties that or all the parties on a text string and so they go into the phones of these respective people or they voluntary, pr- voluntarily produce it in response to a subpoena. In which case, if they have the people who were the recipients of Brett Favre's text messages, it doesn't matter. They can authenticate it, right? How does that authentication look like? It's like, hey, did, did you receive this subpoena asking for all text messages with you and Brett Favre? Yes, I did. Did you go into your phone? Yes, I did. What'd you find? I found a bunch of text messages. Did you produce all the text messages that you found? Yes. Was this one of those text messages? Yes. Boom. Authenticated you're in. Okay. Now, what, what FARS attorneys are saying is when you ask him that question, he's gonna be like, I don't know. I don't remember. I yeah. don't remember sending this text message. Sure. It's a joke, it's not real. Ultimately, what they can do is because the recipients of these text messages were parts of organizations. They can get it through an organizational representative to say, hey, did you look at your corporate records? Did you look at the corporate cell phones? Were these messages on there? They are routinely kept as uh, business records. Yes, yes, yes. It's in. But it's it's funny level of gainsmanship, and if you're in law school right now, if you're a professor in evidence, yeah. you're probably grabbing this and being like, let's talk about authentication and how evidence gets in because it's a great case study in the different arguments to be made.
1: Justin Watkins, Cofield, Devon, all right, completely different direction. This is a question we addressed last week, but we didn't run it by you. The kids from El Segundo, who won the Little League World Series, should they get paid?
0: I'm not opposed to it. I mean, if that was part of the deal, the winning team gets prize money or, um, you know.
1: there's When I mean, you're on TV, you're driving ratings, there's advertising connected to totally. the broadcast of the games.
0: Yeah, I, I've got no problem with that. You know, anybody who's, they're 11 know, and 12, man, what's wrong with you? It sends what, a bad message. Well, then they shouldn't be, you
1: know, uh, making millions off uh, of them. No, it actually sends a great message that right. when you perform a service and people yeah. are making money off of you, you get a cut of the money. That's right. Fight for your rights. That's right. All right. Yeah, were you anti or were you pro?
2: I was pro. The, get these First. kids paid. Where yeah. you're not going to tell me a rerun of let's say the whatever finals is going to get those same ratings? They're getting that, that rating because it's a live product. I don't care if they are 12 years old.
1: Well, Demond loves baseball. He yeah. is the I. You know I don't speak because I'm old. I don't speak to a lot of 20 somethings. So I don't know how big baseball is amongst them. I don't think it is, but I don't think it is along the lines of Demond. He's a numbers guy. Uh, what's your what's your grid game again? There, immaculate what? Immaculate grid. Immaculate grid. Uh, you know, quiz knowledge, number, a lot of number knowledge. And he sent over a story today. He was very fascinated that uh, Giancarlo Stanton, the former Mike Stanton, hit home run number four hundred last night. Play this. Right-hander deal swung on and ripped the left-center field and deep. It is high. It is far. It is gone. That ball went over the bullpen into the crowd. Yeah. Good call by uh, a veteran, we'll say. He sounds good there. He sounded real good. John Fantastic. Sterling. Um, fourth fastest player to get to 400 home runs, 1,520 games. Uh, joining Mikel Cabrera, Nelson Cruz. Um, he's 58th on the all-time home run list. And your question was what? Will he get to 500? Could he be the most... Uh, is the word unknown? Is that what you want to no, um, I Maybe at least he, accomplished 500 home runs? Would run he hitter?
2: just be the worst player to get to 500 home runs? For that Marlon stretch of his career, great. But i I'm, I'm got baseball reference pulled up right now. How many home runs has he go. hit with the Yankees? 133. And that's been six years. He's fell down a cliff since he's been with the right. Yankees.
1: Um, first of all, I'll ask you. You're in between. Damon and I, do you care?
0: I don't care. Uh, and sad. And, like, I grew up, like – Loving baseball. Baseball was my number one pro sport. I played baseball. I wasn't very good at you know us wrestlers and hand eye. This is a whole different ball game. But glad you said that. uh, But I was a catcher, so I wasn't afraid of the ball. That's where they. You
1: you obviously didn't blink when the ball came across. Yeah, that's That's a big skill.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So as a as a you know nine, ten, eleven, twelve year old, that's a big deal. If you could sit back there and not be scared of the ball and not be scared of runners coming at you either, because like I loved contact, so that was all good. But I loved baseball. I love stats. I'm a numbers guy. Like I went to school to to study numbers, but I just don't care anymore. Sorry, Damon.
1: We could have a longer conversation on this, but we both like college football more. That's on the way. All right, lots of time left with Justin Watkins, and that's a good thing because we wanted to talk about week one in college football. Justin, of course, from Battleborn Injury Lawyers, but he's very much been as a fan in the middle of all this conference chaos because, and I'm not going to say that someone predicted this a while ago, uh, because your Oregon State Beavers and Wazoo have been left out in the cold after this breakup of the Pac-12. It's now the Pac-2 I'm sure you don't feel good about this, but you probably do feel pretty good that they have a chance, Oregon State, to really upset the apple card, and I'm kind of rooting for them except for one guy, and we'll get to him in a little bit, a fan who's really obnoxious. Um, I am rooting for them to compete for the Pac-12 title and potentially compete for a spot in the CFP as they got left on the side of the road in all of this conference expansion and stealing. They, they have a really good team.
0: You know, you, you, they, they, they
1: womped freaking San Jose State, who I think is pretty good. And uh, San Jose State did a lot better offensively against USC than it did against Oregon State.
0: Yeah, I think there's some question marks on defense. I think uh, DJU's got – he still – he does hold the ball a long time. Thankfully, we've got, like, the best offensive line in the nation, but – you know, you, sometimes you refer to me as the voice of reason on here, and this is where I lose all of that. Like, I just lose all objectivity when we're talking about, like, Pac 12 and Oregon State. Yep. My brother went to Wazoo. So, like, oh, the like, family is true. Like, our whole family's going to school and left we, out. And we knew it early on. I mean, yep. we knew it. Like, if this starts happening and unraveling, we're going to be the the two that are left behind. It, it's, it was the obvious sort of choice because they're the two small town college towns. In the Pac-12, everybody else is in a major metropolitan area. Um, and so, you know, I could see it coming. I do think timing-wise, number one, like, we are in a great position from a team to make some waves that actually determine our fate. You know, if if we make the college football playoff, does a Pac-12 or Big 12 invite happen? Like, maybe. No. Like, the Big 12's terrible. No. They don't have good enough teams.
1: Damon, jump in, just say no. Why? Well, because we've already seen an example of it.
0: Seen an example of what?
1: Of a team with high level success, and, and when the conferences looked at it, they're like, Yeah, hey, we don't care. San Diego State in basketball. They made the national title game, and within five months, all of college sport or all the uh, you know the schools in the conference are like, we don't care.
0: That's basketball though. But here's the thing like, here's the thing.
1: You're Oregon State football
0: in Corvallis. Right? And and, what we, just and we just talk about, and what we just talk about, like right when we talk about TV viewership from last week, where are we? You did well, sixth highest viewer, viewership in the entire country. You did well for a game at San Jose State on, on a CBO. Sunday in an isolated spot. Yeah, but we did better than the Big Ten matchup right before. You did do better than a
1: Chicago, New York, New Jersey matchup, but that football was dreadful. Rutgers and Northwestern. Well, okay, so we've
0: got an You're right. T- That's a
2: positive, right? You what got like three, three DJU effect.
1: Uh, maybe a little bit. He's got I think it was name. more. It was a Sunday spot. There's no Sunday NFL. Uh, and we're a ranked the, team, uh, and, and LSU and Florida State was coming up. So. Yep.
0: Yep. Right before LSU. God, I don't want to dash
1: your hopes, but just trying to be realistic.
0: Well, I th- if if we make the college football playoff, and yeah, that and, and that alignment has not been settled by then. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think it'll matter if we have a whole year of TV viewership going up. I mean, they keep, you know, if you follow on Twitter, they keep posting TV viewership for the last 10 years. Well, before we had Jonathan Smith, we were in the dark ages. We had Gary Anderson, who, like, cleared out the cupboard, lost, you know, eight or nine games every year, didn't field a competitive team. And then, so, yeah, viewership was down. Like, the the stadium attendance was down. It was a terrible time to be a Beaver fan. But Jonathan Smith got here five years ago, and things are looking up. So
1: it's now the Pac-2. I don't know if uh, they'll be able to, whoever they are, and we'll get to that, is going to be able to rebuild a new Pac-12, which means there's only four power conferences. And now the discussions are going to begin about how college football will put together a college football playoff. So we're going to address that on the way back. DeMond had the question, with all the new uh, realignment, what's the perfect CFP format? Man, uh, Group of Five schools better hope they don't go really crazy and eliminate the freaking Group of Five auto-invite
0: it's time for
1: ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno so with your Pac-12 you're an Oregon State guy Justin Watkins is here with us Uh, down to the Pac-2 there's a good chance. Even if the Pac-12 reorganized, which we'll get into some plans on some talk of that, um, the, the the overlords of college football are not going to give whatever new Pac-12 there is, if there is one, an auto bid. They can pull this, and to me, the the alignment before was 6-6, six, six, right? Six mm-hmm. at large, six conference champions, the last conference champion, in quotes, was going to be the highest rated group of five team. They're, at best for the group of five, going to be now five conference champions and seven at large. But I could also see them, and you're already seeing Sankey from the SEC kind of start to push at it. I could see him just doing the four, power four conferences that exist because they're all now, what, 16, 17, 18 teams. And just telling a group of five, you know what, you'll you'll be part of the eight at large, and now it's going to be four, eight.
0: For sure. I think that's going to be part of the movement. But... sucks,
1: because yep. C- Craig Thompson worked on this a lot, and maybe we're giving him too much credit, the former chief of the Mountain West Conference. Like, I think they worked on this a lot. They got it. It was a great victory, and now they could freaking unravel all of it and just go, no, you know what? You you, a, Eight at large, you got a shot. No, then they probably have no shot in the group of five. They get a freaking team in every year. This guaranteed
0: a shot. Uh, I think you are giving too much credit to Craig Thompson. But anyway, uh, it's hard to say coming from <laughs> an Oregon State fan right now. Like, so you talk about building from the Pac-2 back up. If there were anybody that was in charge other than the two athletic directors at Oregon State and Washington State, I'd say it's absolutely possible. But these two just do not seem to have the imagination really. to do it. I, I, I just don't have a lot of confidence that that, that they, they have been talking about it. I will say that. They have said their number one priority, their number one option, is to rebuild the Pac-12, which I think that they should do. How do they do? What is okay. this war chest that they have control of? Because from the outside,
1: we're looking at it and we're like, no one wants you. How do you have any power to start telling Mountain West schools, like, this is who we want? Like, well, Find a conference. What do you mean, who you want?
0: So, first off, right, they get to determine how the money is split right now for the TV revenue this year. They can give all the exiting teams $0. They can vote that in right now because they're the only two remaining board members. I like that. Okay? That's number one. Number two, their college football playoff payouts continue so long as they're a conference and they could be a conference of under eight for up to two years until they rebuild that's in the bylaws and the only way you can change how the college football playoff money is shared is by unanimous vote unanimous amongst all the conferences so there's still a conference they're going to vote no right so the pac-12 itself will preserve that that's 80 million a year for the next two years each of the next two years at least 80 million plus rose bowl is 70 million a year all their bull affiliates are multiple millions of year a year and on top of it they have all the tv network assets i mean they probably fold that up i don't know what they do with it but they have all of that and all the march madness money gets paid out in six year increments works forward so the money they made 6 years ago is paying today so that's another 100 million hmm. to split up between two schools now so in theory They have, the numbers I saw, in theory, they have about $400 million in assets coming to the conference if they can hold on to the conference. The question is, how aggressive does everybody else get at trying to force their hand, kick them out, not recognize them as a conference? I would just say, be careful, right? Like ACC, Big 12, you vote with the SEC and Big 10. They may not be coming for you this time, but now there's only four of you, and there's two big ones and two little ones. What's going to happen for you guys next? You know? Um, so I don't know. I just don't think they have the imagination to do it, but I would love to see them grab a couple of AAC teams. I like Memphis. You Tulane. lane? Yeah, let's go I through. I was going to say, you want to go with the, uh,
1: there's a person thing, whatever. Um, OS beaver, OS underscore beaver. And this person is like the power broker with <laughs> ideas and uh, talking about his beavers, his Oregon state beavers and just controlling all the college football. And so, uh, He's picking and choosing who he wants. He has a Pac-12, a new Pac-12, but it would it would be gradually built because they'd have to wait on some schools. The West would have Oregon State, Washington State, Boise State, Fresno State, San Diego State, and UNLV State, right? UNLV. Um, the East would have Colorado State, Air Force, UTSA, Tulane. What is that? South Florida. I always get that logo wrong. And uh, Memphis.
0: No, I think it's UAB. The You're right. Dragons? It is UAB. The, yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. So it's UAB. And that would be the new Pac-12, an East and a West. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that that's the only way it gets
0: rebuilt is out of those two conferences. Well, what about
1: nine? What about nine from the Mountain West Conference and screw all this AAC stuff or is that what it's called whatever yeah, it is. AAC? Yeah. A- yeah. Well,
0: here is the problem though. In reality, like football drives it, right? Mm-hmm. And when you look at football, when you look at the rankings that exist right now, one through one thirty-three, the Mountain West has six of the bottom twenty-five schools. I mean. They had the bottom of that conference. Well, right is now, it's terrible. Right now, it's cyclical. Cyclical win. When is New, new Mexico k- and UNLV they not new, in the bottom of well, those they have, rankings? They
1: always they are. And Nevada. They have they have three relatively new coaches. I think UNLV is trending in the right direction. I don't know what's going to happen with Ken Wilson, and I actually believe that New Mexico can win. New Mexico, at least, was a 500 program for a long time in the 2000s. They just hit the skids, and they all, they got they got very beat up. And I'm not mad at the governor of. New Mexico, but it got crazy with COVID regulations.
0: Right, so that hurt them a lot. Yeah, but it, they've been. This has been them for the better part of the 25 years they've existed.
1: Father, can we? Here's they, the have, other one, they have here's a the other one, of, though. Can we stop with Tulane? They're in a good run right now. Yeah. It's an academic school. It's yeah. it's a relatively small school. They're not going to be a football power moving forward.
0: I mean, Cut I out. I think I think you want to get a foothold in louisiana right uh, yes. that, that, that's that's where you want you want to get schools where you want to be able to recruit so yeah. you want some texas schools you want some louisiana schools you want some florida schools that's where i disagree with the list uab should be south florida or should be fau right it should be a, a school in florida so you get a foothold there the way, i also you, don't like the air force yeah. right because you want to create a conference that's like nil friendly air force doesn't do NILs; it's against right. it for all the service academies and they suck Right, so like, well, no, no, they don't suck at football. They're not. They're not very good this year. They're not. gonna talking be about? They're going
1: to be one of the top four teams in the Mountain West. The Mountain West sucks. The- yeah, it does, <laughs> like, stop. It but it doesn't, it doesn't suck. matter. It doesn't suck at the top. It does suck at the top. You guys are, you guys are crazy. It
0: does suck. This
1: is this is the problem right here. <laughs> I am the problem. Here's the no. Here's the other problem. You guys have almost never been good at Oregon State. And now because you're in a run, it's like you're puffing out your chest like you've been an eight win program for the last forty years. You guys suck. <laughs> now, are, now are you in better shape than you were? Yes. We and believe me, my school I have to hear this stuff, and I'm yeah, I'm optimistic, yeah. and they're in a tough conference. You know, Rutgers is building, right. right? They're finally getting their freaking share of the money here in a couple of years in the Big Ten. Right. So it's not all the now. We we have I, I get it. There's upside. It's not all the now.
0: We had a one bad coaching hire. The last twenty five years, we've won eight bowl games and got the 12 bowl games. So, like it's that's better than 90% it's of the actually, Mountain West, right? The Mountain a, West sucks. It's actually not as good as Nevada. No, it's not. It's that's true and it's not as good as Boise State. There are a couple but that's you're picking some of the worst years in our existence in, under Gary Anderson. Like if you if you look prior to that from from Mike Riley through Dennis Erickson, right? We had a great 15-year run. This bravado. By the way, don't let me uh, start talking about USD
1: football, which we may have some legal stuff to talk (laughs) about in a couple weeks when we get more details. we got hazing there. Yeah,
0: no kidding. So, So, I mean, I would say I think this is the way to go, though. I actually don't – I like the teams he picks from the Mountain West. I like Fresno State. I like San Diego State. I like Boise State. I like UNLV. I wouldn't hate bringing in UNR either because what I would try to build a conference around is we are going to be in the fastest-growing metropolitan areas, and those all exist out west right? And that's how I would build the conference. And then out east for the recruiting options.
1: All right. This will be an argument that continues.
0: I told you, I'm not a, I'm not the voice of reason on this. I'm not, man. No. I'm absolutely cheering for like the Oregon State athletic director and president to somehow come out of this like geniuses, and it's not going to happen. And it drives me crazy. Mm. You know, in a lot of these markets,
1: man, Local attorneys, NIL, that could help the programs help, help me get a little better. You know, they got Senator uh, Donnie Lester over at UNLV. By the way, I'm not even sure, you know, working for Learfield, if I'm allowed to do this. So maybe scratch <laughs> this from the archives. <laughs> yeah. All right, football games this weekend. We got a couple minutes left. Damon, did you want to jump in? I'm sorry. We were going back and forth.
2: Oh, no. I was just going to say it should just be the six and six model. I oh, don't, back to the college football yeah, plan. They're not, yeah. there's, no, there's no way it's the, ho- the, the six that when you got to incentivize those teams for winning the, uh, the other conferences. You're.
1: What, now you want two? What do you want, AAC and the Mountain West to get auto bids? Sure, maybe not. You know, not, that Whoever is, the
2: highest-ranked team is from one of those other conferences, though.
1: So, never, They're never going to give two Group of Five teams a real chance to get auto bids. It's going to be, at mm-hmm. best, it's going to be all of Group of Five has one bid. I agree. And, and Greg Sankey already said it. The, uh, the SEC boss is like, we're adding Texas and Oklahoma we're not taking less playoff spots. Right. That's what he said. You know, yeah, we got we have to opine yeah. on one more thing cuz you said something really good during the break. The Big 10 and the brand of football is trash. My god. I mean, I I watched the Rutgers Northwestern game and there's so many programs there that do not have confidence in their quarterback. So they play this close to the vest, one yard in a cloud of dust, get a 10 nothing lead, now let's run it into the ground. Uh, and that's frankly, that is why around the conference, Michigan, yeah. who gets a quarterback, Ohio State, I don't like their starting quarterback right now, Kyle McCord. Um, the programs that actually get quarterbacks and try to run a little bit of up tempo just annihilate the middle and bottom teams like, Oh, Can we dude. stop playing 1940 football and going for field. You get inside the 40, and it's like, hey, how do we play for a field goal? You don't. Yep. Go for touchdown.
0: That's where you got to like my guy Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. He gets inside the 40, goes for he goes for it on fourth down. Forget field goals. Oh but man, I watched, I watched Nebraska. That's I watched sweet. Northwestern. I watched Rutgers. I watched dude, Minnesota. Like bad football. N- not only not entertaining, bad football. Yeah. You know. Um, it, I don't know, man. I, I people are, got nothing else to do but to watch football, so their viewership's up, and the the networks are going to take care of them. And they're going to make sure that all those schools are always taken care of. But man, it's it the inequities that happen in college football right now. It, it's just it's sad. It's turning into semi pro. It's turning into G League for the NFL. Wow, look
1: at you. I never it, thought I'd
0: heard you sound like old guy. I am like old guy. It's oh. it's sad, man, because I love college football. I love it. It's my number one thing to watch.
1: Uh, Oregon is six and a half at Texas Tech.
0: Give me Oregon. Okay, I'm going to take Texas Tech. Okay. I
1: think it's an overreaction. And my guess is, uh, I'll I'll check the line before we get out. My guess is that one could tick up. Um, What about Southern Cal laying
0: 29 against Stanford? I don't like that. I think Stanford, you know, like Stanford's terrible. but, But USC doesn't play good defense. And The, I the just back think door is always yeah, yeah, open yep. because
1: their freaking pass defense has That's not right. looked good so far. Uh, Nevada threw for 311 on them. What about the—this uh, is absurd. I can't believe I have to keep doing this. What about the big one with Colorado and Nebraska? Colorado's three after being plus seven over the summer. I like, think— Like two weeks ago, I, you could have got freaking Colorado plus seven.
0: I think Colorado's going to smoke them. Really? I think Nebraska's terrible. I really do. I watched that game. As a it, Big Ten devotee, I'll I'll be positive
1: on the Big Ten and uh, say they play a good brand of defense, and that's why Minnesota and Nebraska was so low scoring. <laughs> Get
0: out of here. But
1: here's the problem. They can't score. They, they can slow down Colorado to a certain extent, but they look really dynamic on offense. Yep. You're right. Can the Huskers score 21, 24? I don't can know. they ball-possess the whole time to keep Shador Sanders and Hunter off the field offensively?
0: I don't think so. That's where I. I, I, I I think you know a lot of people are going to put that one in their overreaction, but like I think if Colorado could score against TCU, they're going to score against Nebraska. And Nebraska's defense didn't—I die. know they only gave up 13 points, and they lost 13 to 10, and another one-score loss okay. again in Nebraska, but they did not impress on defense. It was an ugly, terrible offensive scheme that was brought against them.
1: We got 20 seconds left. If um, am I a jerk if I say this? I'm going to say it anyway. If I'm um, if I'm Matt Rule. I am telling my offensive lineman, you find Travis Hunter in the open field on a block, and you deliver us what we need. Freaking crush him. Yeah. Right? There is a danger to play in both ways. Sure. And he was really dangerous on offense. So we got to run. Sorry, Justin Watkins, 766, uh, 766 1400. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. It's Battleborne Injury Lawyers, 5 o'clock hour is on the way.